All right, welcome back to what is now our fourth episode of Lion Eye Weekly, and finally, after three weeks, four weeks of talking, we are recording this on Thursday, so we're two days away from Illinois' home opener and season opener against Ball State. Um, an interesting kind of turn is we still don't know the depth chart for this game. No, we don't. Lovey has um, not issued one. Um, I don't know if this is, as it turns out, Harbaugh has issued his. So, I mean, it's not like they're playing Michigan. So, But but Harbaugh's reluctance to do it gave license to other coaches not to do it. And um, and Lovey, you know, if, if he was a card player, you'd say he plays his cards pretty close to the vest. He'd, he's not anxious to let anybody know who they have lining up where, who's available, who isn't. Um, the thing I would say to him is, you know, uh, nobody holds you to anything on a depth chart anyhow. You can list anybody you want, you know. So so if you want to list a guy that you know is not going to play, just go ahead and list him. I, you know, I don't know. But it's not that big of a deal. Um, we're all anxious. It, what will matter is how do they line up on Saturday morning against Ball State? Who's Who plays and who doesn't? We're sure that pretty sure that Jalen Dunlap is not going to play. We're pretty sure that Reggie Corbin, backup running back, is not going to play. We're, we're positive Dre Brown, uh, a running back, is not going to play. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, and we know Jake Hansen's out for the season, the linebacker. So those things we know. But who's going to start? And, you know, somebody asked uh, Garrick McGee, well, who's your starting tight end? And he says, well, it depends on what play we run. You know, there's some formations in which, in which, Eckhart's the starting tight end. There's some plays in which the freshman Lewis Dorsey's the starting tight end. So you got to kind of watch there too. And maybe more important than who starts at some of those positions is who plays 70 plays and who plays 20. You know that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to look for. So and we know the big the big positions. We know who's going to be the quarterback. We yep. know who's going to be the running back yep. and the receivers. Is there a position that you're really interested to see how they line up or at any maybe the offensive line or defensive line what what garners your attention that you'll be really watching for on Saturday morning? Um, probably cornerback uh, with Dunlap out who are they going to go with there is it going to be Amari Hayes is it going to be um, you know one of the younger kids uh, they really like Tony Adams there um, how are they going to play that and then also how are they going to rotate people on the defensive line because um, some of these freshmen are going to get a look. If they play well um, on a series, they may get a bigger chunk of the playing time. You know, so that's really of interest to me. Almost and the same at like wide receiver, which we know Malik Turner and we know Mike Dudek and we know um, um, I think Sam Mays is going to be a veteran guy who's in on that rotation. But do all of the freshmen play? All three of the freshmen who have seen a lot of playing time. How much do they play? Um, you know, so I mean, those things are interesting. I'm kind of also interested to see the freshman punter, the Australian kid, the left footer. Um, how does he do? Does he boom it? Are there any? You know, he's not played American rules football before, and um, it was in the Michigan Michigan State game, wasn't it? A couple years ago, when Black when punt. that became kind of an issue, when there when there's a sort of a fire alarm play, you know, all heck breaks loose. What's a guy going to do? Uh, does he understand what he can do and and so forth and so on? And so you don't know about all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, that probably won't come up Saturday. It'll probably just be catch the center snap and punt it. But also, um, when I watched him in camp, all he did was traditional punts. And Lovey says he's got a number of kicks that he can do. And I assume... 
He's got a rugby-style kick where he can run up and kick it. And um, and so what are we going to see from him? Are we going to see some stuff there? Can he throw it? Yeah. You know, he's 6'6", 230. Um, so he's prototypical quarterback <laughs> size. I don't have any idea if he can throw it. We didn't see any of that. But um, is there a little trick play? And, and, if they, and if there is... You know, why would you even show it against Ball State unless <laughs> yeah, it was a close out. game and you really needed it? So, you know, I would save that for uh, uh, the Nebraska, op- you know, Big Ten opener or something. So those kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, um, I'm probably off track here a little bit for you, but, um, you know, let's not underestimate. Everybody needs to see more from Chase Crouch. How is he going to be as the man? Yeah. How is he going to be running the offense? How is he going to throw the ball? Is he going to avoid um, the painful turnover? Is he going to stay healthy? You know, all of those things are important. Do we leave that game? This is a game Illinois should win. So do we leave that game feeling like, okay, they won, but... Or do we leave that game feeling like, holy cow, Crouch really looked good. He really threw the ball well. They, they, they benefit from a dual-threat quarterback and... You know, now I'm really excited to see what they do the next two non-conference games against much better against teams that were certainly much better a year ago, and and then as you move toward the start of Big Ten play. So, you know, it's it's part of it's a Saturday is going to be about winning the game. Part of it's going to be about how do you feel when you're walking out of the stadium? Do you feel like wow, I want to see more? I'm really yeah. kind of geeked up about this, or. Mm, they won, but it looks like maybe more of the same. <laughs> and those next two games are at home against Western Kentucky, and then a nice, I guess, nice going down there trip to South Florida, where they have a new coach, I believe, in Charlie Strong, Strong from yep. Texas. Yeah. Uh, so Chase Krause kind of is interesting to me because I st- I'm still going to consider him a new quarterback because, for all intents and purposes, he is a new quarterback. He did not play much last year. But he's not in a position that he's got to win over his teammates. He's won them over. I mean, it sounds like they are, they're putting their hand all in on Chase Crouch, which does that maybe alleviate a little pressure for him in a sense that he knows that he's got, he's got this guy who's going to war with him and he doesn't have to kind of win them over at all? Well, he doesn't have to win them over, but now he has to hold on to them. And um, as I wrote about this morning in the Herald Review, and I think it's a really interesting point, you, if you go back to late last September when they were getting ready for the Big Ten opener against Nebraska, and you read what Garrick McGee said, what Garrick McGee said about West Lunt was, we need West to play with more passion, with more excitement, with more intensity. We need him to run and jump and, and, and scramble when he has to and sell out and, and really lay it on the line. And those are the words that he used. And, and Wes was not that kind of a guy. He was quiet. He was pretty much emotionless. He would not run. He didn't like contact. Um, and so when we, when, when we hear them say at the start of this year, this team um, really loves the leadership of Chase Crouch, and they're, following, they're willing, all willing to follow Chase Crouch, you ask yourself, well, how could that be when he's got such a small sample size of, of work? And the answer is, is because he's everything that West Lunt was not. And and he is a guy that sells out. He's a guy that will will run over linebackers, will hurtle into the end zone. Will, talk trash doing will, it. Talk trash. Will do anything and everything. And they really respond to that kind of a guy. Now he's got now it's gotta be more than talk and and um, some hard nosed running. It's gotta be it's gotta be moving the ball moving the offense up and down the field. It's gotta be putting points on the board. It's gotta be avoiding the crazy turnover and winning football games and if that happens i mean they'll really be all in on this kid but but he does not have to win over their 
their uh, backing going into this first game, he already has that. And I, I think you touched on it, you know, think about what to expect. What do we expect leaving Memorial Stadium Saturday with a game that I think most people watching the game, most people at Memorial Stadium, they expect to win. I mean, that's it's two different programs and two different spots. But what do we what do we expect? What do we hope to learn? I, I want to know who, what kind of depth at running back with no Reggie Corbin, who's going to back up Kendrick Foster and who's going to come in as a guy to give Kendrick a break? I mean, you not a big guy he can run through some people but he's going to need a break and Reggie Corbin you figure will probably be that guy at some point in the season but who in the short term is going to be able to back him up and kind of explode onto the scene like he did it's just two freshmen um it's it's Mike Epstein and Rayvon Bonner so those are the guys that are going to back up uh, Kendrick Foster um and and they've got some fullback people too that they could use there but that's basically it uh, until Corbin returns I think the thing you want to watch for or the thing you want to is is what I already said. It's it's going to be a feeling of this team is further along than a year ago. This team is more organized than a year ago. This team is no longer learning on the fly. Uh, even though some of these freshmen might be, um, the core of this team are going to be like that offensive line group that 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 has told me that it was mid-season last year before they really understood what they were doing. Remember, Illinois lines up with a center, and they line up with a tackling guard on the right and a tackling guard on the left, but those tackle and guard combinations, those stay together, but they will flip-flop to, from right side to left side, depending on which is the strong side, which is the weak side. And it, they, didn't, they didn't really understand why and how and all that stuff uh, until going into the season. Now they all get that. And um, so I don't think that's an issue. I think the same things can be said at other positions in the secondary, at linebacker. You know, how do we do things? How, what, what, what's our way of doing things? They were learning all that last year. So that you want, you want to see a team that clearly knows what they're doing, um, less self-inflicted mistakes, um, and, and just a, a greater sense of unity and organization than you saw a, a year ago. That's what I want to see when I walk out of there. It'll be, it won't, won't have anything to do with the scoreboard. It'll have to do with a, a feeling. That's, and I think Illinois fans are pretty much in the sense that they know that feeling. They know when things are clicking. Um, another thing I think is interesting is we've done this podcast for, this is our fourth week. You've wrote about Illinois for the better part of a month, Illinois football for the better part of a month now. Yep. I don't like we've really mentioned Malik Turner a lot, and he was their leading retur- re- leading receiver who's coming back, and he had, what do you have last year, 712 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of a, a good feeling in a sense, right, that we're, we can kind of gloss over the leading returning receiver because we have guys like Mikey Dudek. Mike Dudek now is right. he's now back from two ACL injuries. Ricky Smalling, the freshman, right, is another guy who's garnered eyes. This feels like a position that is going to give Chase that safety blanket and, and could be a little bit of a position of strength. It is, and Malik Turner's been overlooked for a, a, a few reasons. One, he's quiet. Um, two, the return of Mike Dudek has really grabbed a lot of attention. People have, are fascinated by him because of his freshman season and because he's been absent for two years. He's an obvious story to watch. And then the arrival of these freshmen, which have kind of stolen a lot of the spotlight, and you're always um, attracted to the new and shiny thing, and, and that's what these freshmen are. So you're right, Malik has been overlooked, and um, I hope defenses overlook him too. I don't think they will. You know, he's a really quality receiver. He's six foot three. He can run. He can catch. He's experienced. Um, and and he's he's playing for money now. You know, yeah. he's trying to stake his claim 
the same could be said of Sam Mays, by the way, who nobody ever talks about. And I've seen Sam make some plays. I think with Sam, it's more about you know how good does he think he can be because he can be good. He's got to convince himself he can be good all the time instead of just one play every three games where you kind of notice him. He needs to because he's gonna if, if he doesn't, uh, Ricky Smalling, Carmoni Green, the freshman will. Will will get in there. These freshmen don't know that they're not supposed to be really good as as freshmen, <laughs> and they're gonna try to be right away. When you say playing for money, you mean playing I mean, for NFL. a position to get drafted? Yes, in. yes. And when you look at Illinois, it's interesting. Receiver and D line are the two positions that come to mind as positions that tend to get drafted from Illinois. I mean, you got a really spin and most of the defensive line. I mean, you can Corey legit for a couple a lot years of years ago. A lot of defensive linemen go. So there's. This isn't a team that you're not going to see any of these guys on Sunday. No, no, no. Illinois, for a team that for a program that hadn't been very good, they've sent more than their share to the yeah, NFL. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on before we have some exciting, not breaking D Brown news, but there is some exciting news about D Brown, and I wanted to talk about what you expect from Illinois in the conference this year. They've they were two and seven last year in the conference, three and nine overall on the season. Uh, they are in the Big Ten West, so they finished. Next to last with Purdue behind them, which they lost to Purdue in a game that maybe you could argue they probably should not have lost in. What do you expect the Big Ten to shake out, specifically that Big Ten West? Well, I think Wisconsin's clearly the favorite in there, and they're going to win that division, in my opinion. Um, Illinois won two games last year. They beat Michigan State and they beat Rutgers. Um, You know, it doesn't sound like much of an improvement, but winning three this year would be pretty good. and you know, um, and winning at least two non-conference games would get you to would get you five wins. Um, if you could steal one more somewhere, now you're in a bowl game, yep. um, and everyone would agree that a bowl game would be a step in the right direction for this program. Would put them really uh, on schedule, or maybe even a little ahead of schedule. Um, I'm I'd probably see them at five and seven, um, but um, I you know. Again, it's not just winning those games, but are you more competitive this year than you were a year ago? Are you closer? Um, That will be apparent to people, too, because there were games last year. And remember, they started three different quarterbacks last year due to injuries. Um, But there were games last year where they just were not competitive in. And so um, it's a combination of winning more games and being competitive in all games, really. Um, You know, maybe the Ohio State game might be hard to be competitive in, but... um, uh, let's see about those others. Let's see if they can't, you know, get in there. And let's see uh, about improvement throughout the year. You know, these freshmen that we're talking about, um, how are they going to look on September the 2nd? Well, how are they going to look in November? You know, uh, they may look different in November and better. And and uh, instead of making a, a couple plays, be making a lot of plays. Somebody, somebody in that group is going to rise up. There's some players there that, you know, keep your eye on Larry Boyd, who's going to probably start an offensive tackle. This guy... This guy has got an NFL body uh, already. He's 6'6", 360, um, and he moves, and um, he absolutely looks like he belongs out there. Is he going to make some mistakes? I'm sure he will. Um, But I really like the looks of him. So he's a guy that, if he stays healthy by, you know, November, the 1st of November, um, could be a guy that you look at him and go, he's really reliable. You know, I don't see the mistakes I was seeing early. Blocking for chases and making those spaces for Kendrick is everything. So in no particular order, here are Illinois' conference games. They've got Ohio State, which is going to be a very, very tough game to win. They've got Indiana, 
which could could go either way. Indiana's got a new coach, but I'll be interested to see what they look like. And yep, that, that's they, one, they need to beat Indiana. That's one of those coin flip, flip games that they really do need to win. Rutgers, they need to win. They need to win. Wisconsin's going to be a tough game. Very tough game. Iowa is Iowa's one of those teams Iowa, that you never know. You never I know. assume they're going to be a step ahead of Illinois, um, and the game is in Iowa City. Then Iowa's that team that if you expect them to go to like the national championship one year, they kind of flutter out. But if you don't expect much, they rise up and they start off like seven and zero. They're probably the hardest team in my opinion in the Big Ten to predict. They have Nebraska, which I, I think that could even maybe teeter on a coin flip game. Nebraska is a hard team to gauge as well. Uh, they've got Minnesota, PJ Flex t- taking over there, so we'll see. Uh, that's a winnable game, yep. um, but it's but it is in Minneapolis. Uh, Northwestern, I, I think that Northwestern is. probably I would almost probably pick second in the Big Ten yep. West. And Purdue, which is another game that they it's should a winnable win. game, even though it's at West Lafayette. There, there's games. There's enough winnable games there to to far exceed the three and the three wins I'm talking about in that division. You could win four or five in that division. Now you'd have to be you'd have to be healthy and. You know, you usually aren't. Yeah, and 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 you'd have to really be consistent. Um, and but but all that's possible. You know, here before the opening game of the season, all things are possible. The good news is no Penn State, no Michigan, and I'm not going to sleep on Michigan State. They were very down last year, but I think they're a team that probably come back. That are going to come back. So you don't have to see those three teams, which is promising for the Illini. So, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's some coin flip games, and Illinois could surprise a little bit with five or six And we wins. start getting answers on Saturday. Yep. Uh, so the final, switching over to basketball before we have, yep. Mark has an interview with Nick Algretti, the senior. Yep. Talk to Nicky, senior uh, offensive guard uh, on the on the Dave Remington watch list. The Remington Award um, honors the best center in college football, which is ironic because he may not <laughs> play center. And uh, I asked him, did he know who Remington was? And he, he says he did, did. You'll hear that in the interview. Um, there's a, another person or two um, that ask a couple questions there. So if that's a little bit confusing, you know, sometimes in our media gatherings on Monday, that's just how it works out. Uh, but he's a really good kid. He's a very good lineman, and he's a good talker. So he, he, it's fun to talk to Nikki and talk to him about um, um, this opening game on Saturday. So for 2005, Illinois basketball fans kind of rejoice. D. Brown is back on the sidelines. He is coaching an assistant coach up at UIC. He has the ability to get out there and recruit, which is absolutely huge. Maybe a lot of these kids didn't grow up watching D. Brown like I did, or I know, you know, a lot of kids in their 20s did. Guys, girls in their 20s. But his ability to get out, get in that Chicago area, you seem to think this might be a stepping stone for D. Well, I you know it could be. Um, I, I think that D needed to, you know, D wanted to be a, a college basketball coach. So you need to start somewhere. And um, you don't necessarily have to start where you'd like to end up. And he'd like to end up at Illinois. Um, but it does him good to begin creating a college basketball resume in which he can point to, yes, I was an off-campus recruiter. I did it for X number of years. It might be two years. Um, at some point, Brad Underwood probably have an opening on his staff, and um, and I don't know how what Brad's feelings are about D. Um, sometimes coaches are um, 
you know, they want to grab people that they've worked with previously or that they've got a history with or, or whatever. But I know that he knows who D is. And, um, and I know that he knows, has met D, talked to D. Uh, when I was over there a month ago, D was in the practice gym putting up shots with his son, uh, going through a really hard workout. And um, so, um, I, you know, if it worked out, to me, it's a perfect step. He's, he's beginning his career uh, within the University of Illinois system. He's beginning his career within the state of Illinois. He should get some great uh, opportunity to recruit in the Chicago area. Dees from Proviso East in Maywood, Illinois. Um, and he's a charismatic kid um, and who, who just loves basketball. And if there's anything he loves more than basketball, it's the University of Illinois. He talks about it every time you're around him. So um, I think it's a great opportunity for him and a great opportunity for him to return to Illinois at some point should uh, the timing and everything work out for him. Does my math add up? Would Underwood have been at Western Illinois in I, I think so. 2005? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, so I've... Everybody in Illinois follows that Oh, there's that no question that. about it, yeah. So this will be available Friday mornings for your drive to work or maybe even for your drive to Champaign for, for the game on Saturday yep. at herald-review.com and available still on iTunes. So we're going to jump over to Mark's interview with Nick Allegretti. Drive carefully. Visiting with Illinois offensive lineman Nick Allegretti. Uh, love playing for Chase. Um, that's something, that's a common trend to the, the entire offensive line. He's a guy that... As, especially as O-lineman, we know that he has our back. So if something happens with coverage or protection, um, he's going to make us right. We're going to block as long as we need to for him. We trust him. We know he trusts us. Um, but he's always going to make us right. And love the energy he brings. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback talk smack. What do you think? Chase loves to talk. Um, he loves to talk because he can back it up. I mean, he's... You look at him, he's a 230-pound quarterback. Um, he's not, not afraid to run someone over if he needs to. Uh, yeah, Chase likes to talk a little bit. Um, that's fun as an O-line. Um, O-line, there's always a little bit of talk going on, so it's fun to see the quarterback join in on that. You're still at guard right now? Yeah, uh, still guard right now. and uh, playing, Taking center reps as well if I need to, but right now I'm at guard. Are, are, do you think you're the only guy on the Remington list for the best center in America that's not going to play center? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, that was a really cool award to uh, be mentioned with, but if I have to play guard, I'll play guard. I love love both. So, how has Larry um, done at guard since he's been worked there a little bit? Um, he's done well. I mean, Larry's, as you can tell, a massive human being. Um, so he's been able to. Uh, he's he's made a few mistakes here and there, but with his size and athletic ability, he's been able to make up for it. Um, so the longer he continues to learn this offense, learn his learn his footwork, um, he's going to continue to grow and get better. Um, but as a young 18-year-old, he looks really good. Um, I'm excited to see him play this year. I was talking with Delaro, uh, and he said every snap, I mean, it's just almost constant talk with you two. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. what's important about that when you two are, you even said, like, like the last two down in your staff, because yeah. you're reporting things out um, yeah, we, uh, me and Christian, we talk a lot uh, on the line. We played next to each other for a long time. Um, I know him very well, so we communicate great on the O-line. Um, if he notices something, he'll let me know. If I notice something, I'll let him know. It helps us a lot with twists, stunts, stuff like that. Um, I think that's important for our O-line because if we notice something on our side, there's probably something happening on the other side of the defense as well. So communication is huge. Um, and I think our other side of the line, Gabe and Larry and Alex, Doug, they're starting to communicate well too. So it'll help us a lot. 
So during camp, the line was a little fluid. These guys were kind of in and out with uh, some injuries. Do you feel like you're starting to get you know, that group a little solidified or figured out the five or six or seven? Uh, yeah, I would say we have a we have a pretty good core group. Um, it's not five. It's probably seven, eight players that'll be playing for us. Um, there'll be some rotation. Um, but, I mean, a guy like Christian, one of the best tackles in the Big Ten, he'll be playing. Um, so we have our guys that will stay in their spots, but there will probably be some rotation because we have some freshmen that are playing. Um, Larry's a big guy, so he might need a spell sometimes. So we'll put some other guys in. Um, and then also a couple of our guys that are going to be playing haven't taken any college football reps, so they might get a little, little overwhelmed. They might just need a break to come settle back down and realize they're, just, they're still playing football. So, I was going to so ask you about Larry Boyd and endurance. I mean, is that something for a guy his size and playing for the first time mm-hmm. where where he's going to, I'm sure that hyperventilating a little bit yeah. to start with and going to have to watch that with him? Um, yeah, will. so he, he's a big guy um, and obviously he's going to get tired, but when he plays, he goes. So after the play, he might come back to the huddle, he might be, he might be tired, he might be exhausted, but if he's taking a rep, if he's on the field, he goes 100%, which is all you need. Um, so you've, you've never, I've never seen an effort issue from him um, yeah, I'm sure that, that that atmosphere, that first day, game day, that'll get to him. That'll add. Um, I mean, I remember my first rep I ever took was field goal. And I don't think I, t- I don't think I breathed once the entire time I was on the field. Just <laughs> extremely excited. So I mean, yeah, I'm sure that'll get to Larry a little bit. Um, but that's on me, myself, uh, Christian, Gabe, people who've played a little bit to calm him down, let him realize that. He's played a lot of football. This is just a different level, still playing football. What, what have you learned about your freshman running backs, about Mike and Rayvon? Um, they're special kids, uh, huge effort kids. They, If you tell them to go in, they're going to run as hard as they can, which is awesome, especially as an O-lineman. They've obviously had great leadership in Kendrick Foster, so it was pretty easy for them to just – watch the older guy and learn what to do. Kendrick's the guy that when he's playing, he's out there, he'll run as hard as he can, he'll block as hard as he can, he'll run the route, whatever he needs to do. So I think Ravon and uh, Mike just showed up, saw what Kendrick did, and followed suit. And they're, as 18-year-olds, they're pretty pretty special players already. Cool. Do you know who Dave Remington is? Yes, I do. You did a little research on that? I, I did, I did. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know a ton about him until the award, but I, I looked into him. I wondered because that's a different timeline. I figured mm-hmm. maybe your dad would know. Oh yeah, he knew, he knew plenty about him. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really cool cool award to get uh, get nominated for. Um, it is cool as an O lineman. Not a ton of not a ton of stuff out there. Did he so. run that thing twice. Was he, was he, he was called the best? The t- it's for the time. best center, when he was playing, it was the Outland Award. It was yeah, two time Outland. Yeah. He, okay. okay. I believe it was two time. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't think they had an award for specifically centers. for yeah. centers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he made people take a look at it and. They said, you know, we yeah. ought to have one. Mm-hmm. Your family coming Saturday? Oh, yeah. Family will be there. Old mom, dad, brother, brother's fiance, uncle, cousin. What's the uh, what's the protocol for choosing uniforms? How, how do you guys go about that? Um, I am not positive yet. Um, that's something we'll probably talk about very quickly. Um, how did you do it last year? Was it seniors or was I it? I believe it was a group of seniors that made that decision. Um, Coach Smith's very open to stuff like that. If there's some, I'm personally, 
it's an O-line, and I'm not going to be looking great in anything. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind what we wear. Um, it's really the skilled players that are usually concerned about that. But, uh, What's your favorite uni? you have one? Uh, blue, blue, orange. Blue jersey, orange pants? Blue jersey, orange pants, and then probably orange helmet. Yeah. We did when we went. We went all blue last year against Iowa. Against Iowa? That looked cool. It was interesting. It looked yeah. cool, though. So. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thank you. Good yep. luck Saturday. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks, Appreciate Nikki. It.